today on Growth Mindset University. Why was I not invited to this event? This is what I do. If I'm not invited to something, number one, I decided I mean, I hate all the people and, I'm, and I, they're no longer my friends. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I do get very sore about it. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. My guest today is a gentleman named Patrick McGinnis. Patrick is an international venture capitalist and the author of Fear of Missing Out, Practical Decision-Making in a World of Overwhelming Choice. Patrick actually coined the term FOMO, Fear of Missing Out, as well as the related term FOBO, Fear of Better Options, in a 2004 article in the student newspaper of Harvard Business School. FOMO has since been added to the dictionary and FOBO has become an increasingly popular framework to describe choice paralysis. Patrick is also the host of the hit podcast, FOMO Sapiens, which is distributed by HBR, Harvard Business Review, and he's the author of the international bestseller, The 10% Entrepreneur. He's been featured in all sorts of publications, and he gave a popular 2019 TED Talk on FOBO and decision-making. Originally from Maine, he's actually visited, interestingly, 103 countries. Regretfully, we did not talk about that today, but we did talk about how to overcome FOMO, the fear of missing out. It was therapeutic for me, and it may be for you as well. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Patrick McGinnis. Patrick. Patrick McGinnis, hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So I want to make sure people can find you before we even get started today. We were just talking beforehand how uh, about your podcast, which I've been listening to for a few months now, probably two, three months, FOMO Sapiens. Look up FOMO Sapiens. People are, that are listening to this podcast know where to find podcasts. I don't need to say it. I respect their intelligence. Patrick J. McGinnis on Instagram. You spell your last name M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. Patrick J. McGinnis on Instagram. And then, Patrick, you've got this book, Fear of Missing Out, Practical Decision-Making in a World of Overwhelming Choice. And uh, FOMO is, of course, what we're going to be talking about today. I never thought I'd stumble upon the guy that, that coined the term FOMO. It's something that I used in my life all the time. Like I would talk about it with my friends, not knowing that, that you were the guy that I'd be talking to him pretty soon. You know, I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm so excited to be talking about this topic that's really relevant to my life and uh, everyone's life, really. It is definitely something that when people meet me, first of all, nobody believes me, right? So <laughs> they never believe me. And then they Google it and they come back and say, I can't believe it's you. And and I, I had this funny conversation with Eduardo Saverin, who, you know, invented Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg. And when I first met him a number of years ago, we were at a bachelor party and he said, I invented Facebook. And this is before the movie and everything. And I was sort of like, mm, yeah, sure you did. And then mm -hmm. I Googled it and I saw that it did. So I bumped into him last year and I said, I really understand you, man, because the same thing happens to me. Of course, Facebook's 
a lot more valuable than FOMO in mm -hmm. some ways, at least monetarily. But we both had our little inventions that went off into the world. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people using that that term FOMO. I even saw a I saw like a software company. I, I wish I had like record like wrote it down for us to remember here. Um, but they were use they were using the term FOMO. It was like a social proof notification tool. They were using and they were using the word FOMO in like what they called the tool. I wish again, I wish I remembered. But I was like, is that even is that legal? I mean, it, it is because um, I, um, I've, tr I mean, we, you know, this is something that I think about a lot and it's, I fear it, of you missing out on profits. Well, here's the thing about it. <laughs> say I had, say I had trademarked this, say I had thought this would become a thing. Like, it's kind of like, you know, now every time I come up with something new, I, I call a lawyer, but it would have never become what it was. So it's sort of like, it has to be open source software as it were. And frankly, um, I'm happy that it's done so well. And, and I have my own sort of role and I want to say monetizing cause that sounds so cheesy, but I, you know, I'm obviously talk a lot about FOMO these days. And so I'm just glad that it's out there and, and I never knew this would happen. So I, I can't feel like I have a FOMO about, about that. Well, tell me, tell me the the exact origin of it. I actually did listen to a 2018 podcast of yours. I think maybe it was 2018, and and perhaps it was live at Harvard, uh, where you're where you're talking about maybe a 25 minute conversation. Uh, but refresh me and the listeners on on where this exactly this term came from. Sure. So you know, I have always been a little bit of a type A, and I'm sure you can relate to that, and wanting to achieve and all this sort of stuff. And I grew up in a small town in Maine where there wasn't a lot of FOMO. It was you know, I grew mm. up kind of mm. pre. Uh, I got my first. This is embarrassing, but I got my first email account my freshman year in college. So it was a simpler time and. Uh, I moved to New York after school and I was working in finance and basically, you know, I was working all the time and I saved a lot of money. And so for the first time in my life, I, I could actually buy things. And, and so right. everything was kind of going well. And then two things happened in 2001. Number one, the tech bubble that I, I was an investor and venture capitalist. I, all my companies basically blew up. Uh, Whilst in, the, in college? No, this is right after college. So okay. I, you know, I graduated and moved to New York. I'm investing. And then we had the tech bubble blew up. NASDAQ fell from 5,000 to 1,300. And basically all our companies went bankrupt. So I was killing it. I was like, man, I'm going to be so rich. And then all of a sudden hmm. everything blows up. Now, on top of that, and far worse, of course, was the 9-11 attacks. And I lived about a mile from the Trade Center. Oh. And so I saw all mm -hmm. that. That day, it was crazy uh, and horrible. And so th those two events basically convinced me that life is short. You never know what's going to happen. And you got to like live every day like it's your last. And I left New York. Shortly thereafter, I got in. Actually, I took the GMAT the day before 9-11. And I got my score and I did well. And so I said, I'm going to apply to Harvard Business School. I got in. And this was not something I had, you know, this, I, I didn't, that's not the the kind of background I come from. I never expected to be able to do something like that. And so I saw it as this really golden opportunity to, to have an incredible sort of experience showing up with that mindset of every day is your last getting to, 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 to HBS, which is, you know, it, it, we didn't have social networks at the time, but it felt like we were living inside of a social network. It's like you were living inside of Facebook. And ironically, actually, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was across the river coming up with Facebook at that time right. with Eduardo. And so anyway, I just, I wanted to do everything all the time. And that's what I tried to do. And it got to the point where I realized that as much as I wanted to do everything, I just felt kind of stressed out about that. And I, started yeah. calling that a fear of missing out. Sure. And I wrote about it in our school newspaper as kind of a satire, kind of a, kind uh -huh. of a humor column, but that 
that was the column. That was the first time it was ever used. And then it, through a whole bunch of different events, it ended up getting into the dictionary in 2013. What did you want to, what, uh, yeah, the dictionary, I want to get to the, how it gets in the dictionary. Uh, <laughs> but like, what are some of the things you, you, all these things that you wanted to do? Like, what were you deciding between? So it was, it was everything. So I, I felt that too in my early years of college. Yeah. So in college, I was a super intense studier. I was the guy who would go to a party on Saturday night. I'd have two beers and then I would yeah. head to the library. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was intense. <laughs> you really, you really wanted to fit everything in. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to win and get high grades. Yeah. Like I was, cause again, I, I'm coming from the small town of Maine and I was at Georgetown. I was like, I gotta, if I don't get all, you know, perfect grades, like, and take advantage of this, like, you know, I'm going to waste this opportunity. Mm. Now, when I got to business school, I was far more chill. And so I was more about like, I wanted to make up for that and basically be very social. So, you know, and, and the thing about yeah. a place like HBS is you've got like 900 people in your year who are all highly social. A lot of them have saved money from working. So like there are trips every week, people jetting off to Europe, there's That's birthday awesome. parties. There's like five birthday parties every mm. night and you, and you get invited to all of them because it's very social. And so you literally could have, I remember one night I went to like, like seven or eight events um, and, and it's great, but then you start to realize, oh my God, like I'm basically always tired hungover and sick because I'm trying to do, and then there's obviously classes and job opportunities and internships and all the other things that one can partake of. So it's just a lot. Mm. I see. Yeah. I remember I was, you know, now you're experiencing this as uh, you know, in graduate school, me, I, you know, I didn't do that. I, you know, in undergrad, like I remember getting on campus and uh, you know, I'd never, I'd never really done anything in my life. Like I, you know, I just was not involved. I didn't do anything. I sat home and played video games and, uh, you know, so now I'm like, you know, I'm wanting this, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this fresh start and I wanted to, I wanted to like, I wanted to do everything like you. That's why it, it struck a chord with me when you said that. Cause I, like the first week I, you know, I, I wanted, I knew I wanted to be in a fraternity. I knew, um, I wanted to be an athlete of some sort, even though I didn't have anything going there. I was like, I'm going to work my way onto the club baseball team, which was actually like super competitive. It's not like a like, don't let the word club fool you. Mm -hmm. uh, they do a lot of traveling. It's super serious. And it's hard to make the team. And I was like, I'm going to work my way up to like the, you know, the real baseball team. Um, and then in that first week, I ended up like, I, I, I stumbled upon this opportunity to be a, a, a college cheerleader. And I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. And so I do that. And like the whole, the, all the while I'm like thinking about like baseball is like in the, the back of my mind, like, you know, what's going to, you know, am I going to be able to do, do this too? And I, you know, I really wasn't going to be able to. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I want to be president of the university or the like student body. And uh, so I, I was like president of my residence hall. And like, so within like the first week I was doing, you know, I was president, I was fraternity and I was, uh, you know, all of a sudden a student athlete. And I still had all these other things that I wanted to do. And, uh, so I had to get over the anxiety of like, uh, you know, ending my baseball career, you know, I had to choose between, you know, that, you know, cheer and, uh, and, and baseball. And it was a super, super sound decision looking back at it. Like it was just, uh, cheer was probably the coolest thing I ever did in my life. Um, but yeah, like getting over the anxiety of, of indecision, like how do, you know, how do we get over this in our everyday lives, Patrick? 
Well, it's process, right? So you you know you sound like a real FOMO sapiens. By the way, I love it. This is, this is I your can't like, wait to tell you my social examples, my social life examples. <laughs> I can't wait till we get there. <laughs> I am excited. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of strategies, and obviously I lay them out in the book. But let me give you a couple of of, of kind of high level things to think about here. So let's. I think it's really helpful to start it. What is FOMO? Like, let's look at the definition of FOMO. Yeah, define it. I actually, that was, that was on my list here. I, I forgot to ask you, so thanks. No problem. <laughs> Good to have another podcast I, host on. With I me. know. I'm like, let's struct- let me structure my own interview today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it's interesting. When I was researching the book, um, I found out clinical psychologists have been writing about FOMO for a long time, like seven, uh-huh. eight years. You can find, just Google it. Like there are journal articles in real psychological or psych- psychiatry journals about this, which is amazing. And so I read all this stuff, right? And I'm thinking like, they're gonna give me the perfect definition. And funny enough, mm. there was no sort of comprehensive definition out there. There were like, you know, I looked at the dictionaries, of course, because it's in a bunch of dictionary. I looked at the Urban Dictionary, but it was like kind of never anything that I felt captured it. So I came up with a comprehensive definition. FOMO is two things. First, it's a fear and anxiety that's caused by the fact that we believe that there's something better out there than what's happening at the moment. And it's oftentimes fueled by social media. So number two, it is a fear of being excluded from a beneficial or favorable group experience. So if you unpack that, first part is this perception there's something better out there for you. Now you have no idea if it's really true. There's an information asymmetry. It's like, I'm sitting at home, I'm looking at Instagram, I see somebody on a beach, looks really great. For all I know, it's a dump and they just got the good shot. We all know the filter, right? right? I mean, how many times- Right. You see, are you like, you know, you meet somebody in real life and you're like, oh my God, like, how did they make themselves look like that on social media? Right. Right. So that's the perception. But oftentimes I don't look like that in real life. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's that's what we're all experts in managing the way we're seen. And the second part is about being part of this group experience. It's like we are, I mean, think back to like when you're a kid, right? And you're like playing sports, you're in the gym class and they're picking teams. It's like you just don't want to be last. You want to be left out. And that I recall. Yeah. I mean, I was always last i was i was like 200 pounds and i was 15 so i mean there was no saving me but but um but anyway um that's the play and so if you think about those things if you can manage those two aspects and there's a lot of ways to do that then you can overcome fomo and actually choose what you truly want and then miss out on the rest yeah so i'm thinking like you know you know, fast forwarding from college to now my professional career, I've had this like low hum anxiety the last couple of years of like, you know, being this amazing writer one day, like, like Mark Manson-esque, like selling, you know, tens of millions of copies of books. And, and, you know, it's important to consider like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do so many other things. Like I run a business and I run a podcast and, um, and my business is running other people's podcasts. So like, you know, I just, Mark Manson is a professional writer. Robert Greene is a professional writer. That's all they do. Uh, and, and I feel like to get to their level of intensity and skill, uh, and, and, and achievement in the writing world, you know, I'd have to miss out on, uh, the, the things that I'm currently doing now. I'd have to sacrifice. And, you know, while, while being a writer like that is still, very much, uh, you know, a goal of mine, something that I want to do. It's just that I, 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 I feel like I have to miss out on that 
right, you know, for the foreseeable future, uh, maybe forever, because uh, this other stuff is a little bit more important to me, you know? Yeah, I do. But I'll tell you this. So one of the things about FOMO that's important to remember is if FOMO kind of is like a little tap on your shoulder from the universe that's telling you like, hey, you know what, maybe, maybe you should be a writer. And so what I always tell people to do is, um, okay, acknowledge it. Acknowledge the mm. fact that something in your subconscious or your psyche is telling you, like, you want to do the same. Like, maybe I remember it's like I would watch all my friends run the New York City Marathon and I would get jealous. You know, it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, and sort of annoyed. It's like, ah, oh, why do they have to run the marathon? Right. And then you start to think, well, okay, maybe. I could train towards that one day. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to quit my job and become like a triathlete or a marathoner or, a, you know, ultra marathoner, but like maybe I can run a little more and see if I even like it. And then if I do, maybe I'll want to spend more time on it. Mm -hmm. So what I'd encourage you to do as you think about this and like anything is, I think the, the what you're feeling right there is, I mean, we think about the definition of FOMO. You have this perception that there's this great life and that you would, writing would be really something you enjoy and that you'd be good at it and you'd be successful at it. That may not be true. You may start writing and the stuff hmm. you produce hmm. is terrible. And we all say, you know what, Jordan, stick to podcasting. You're good at that. But the writing, seriously, man, don't do it. Or you may <laughs> discover, you may discover that you are a fantastic writer and you start putting yeah. out stuff out there but that's the play get rid of the information asymmetry remove the perception because perception can be deception mm. and figure out if it makes sense for you okay yeah now what about patrick you know in moving on to like our socialized i think this is where it's I, perhaps most applicable to 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 everyone and perhaps most painful too you know you know when they decline an event and they see their friends all together and they're not there and uh you know that can be uh pretty painful emotionally you know in the description of your of uh fear of missing out your book on amazon the the the, fir the very first like paragraph or like half of it stuck out to me it was just i was like oh my god i this is me you're home on a friday night scrolling through instagram ready to go to bed you see pictures on your timeline of a party you were invited to, but didn't go. See pictures of oh, I, I totally butchered that. You see pictures of, of your on your timeline of a party you were invited to, but didn't go to. And uh, man, I just felt that you know that's happened so many times. We're literally moments before bed. I don't even know why I do this myself. Like I'll go on social media, and I just and I see some you know things that I that I could have been at um you know and, and it just and it hurts you know uh while well, i stayed home and, and worked all day and uh yeah you know that sucks how do you get over that well you get dressed and you go to the party obviously <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've done that by the way okay so let me yeah. tell you, i mean i the reason why i came up with fomo because i am a massive fomo sapien so i um that i feel that pain deeply i'm a uh, if Sucks. you were to take Myers Briggs, I'm like a, I'm mm -hmm. sure you are too, like off the charts extrovert. And so here's here's what I, here's what you have to do. Number one is, and especially like these days, it's I'm getting all this FOMO because I watch people in Europe and other parts of the world where they're out of quarantine, and I'm like, I you know, it's just oh, like, yeah. oh my goodness, you're like, oh, you're at a beach, you know, what's that like, you know? Right, right. Um, so he, there's perhaps people wouldn't, you know, feel the the. Perhaps like if everyone literally stayed home and, you know, there weren't some people posting pictures out and about, um, you know, perhaps people would be more likely to stay home. <laughs> it definitely makes a difference. I think that, that yeah. there is a, there is a clear 
connection between those external impulses and then what people do. Mm. Um, but in terms of dealing with this problem, which is a very real problem we all feel, there's really two aspects to it that will be helpful to you. The first uh, is to think again about those fundamental aspects of FOMO. Like, is it as good as it looks? Like, for yeah. example, like a bar or a party. Like, how many, how many, like, how many bars you've been to in your life? Just like throw me a number. Oh, different bars, uh, probably seven. Okay. Only seven bars in your whole life? Yeah, seriously. Because uh, oh right around Fort Myers, like I don't okay. know, I didn't, I didn't do the Miami adventures. I didn't okay, really do that. I, I know went to the bars have, in Fort Myers. Like, I know why you have the phone because it's like, <laughs> and I was a loser in high school. I didn't go to anything. I didn't do anything. Okay, well <laughs> then, when that, well then, hmm. But for the average person. You know, they're like, I've been to like a hundred bars in my life or whatever, oh my you know, cause you just like, I can name them. I could name the seven. <laughs> so the mystery is gone. So, so, you know, f f the more life experience you accumulate, the more you kind of know, okay, is this like as great as it looks on social media or not? Mm. And then you start to think about like, why do I want to go to this party? Is this something I really want to do? Or is this something that I, I want to be part of the herd? Right. So that's yeah, really yeah, helpful. Yeah. That's in terms of the sort of like, you know, managing your emotions part. But the other thing that's really important to do is to cut out the stimulus. So don't look at your phone. So for example, do you keep your phone in your bedroom? No. Oh, absolutely okay, not. Good job. Never. Well done you. Okay, that's good. But like, do not make a rule for yourself. I'm not gonna look at Instagram after eight o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, it's 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 that simple. And now the fact that someone's telling me I need to do that, uh, I think is gonna make me more likely to like do it. Yeah. You know, I don't know why, I, I could have just told myself that, but uh, I don't know, I was going easy on myself, I guess. I think that Instagram, I mean, I'll confess it. Like, so I, I'm pretty careful at screen time and I have my, my apps in the back of the phone. I used to, I actually Same. took some apps off. So I've done all the right stuff there. Right. But in, in during stressful times, especially this year, like Instagram has been a coping mechanism for me. I'll Definitely. admit it. Yeah. Yeah. What about Patrick? Something, you know, a social, a social event that's more closed off. So something, you know, maybe a, a, a an intimate little get together of like 10 to 20 people that, mm. uh, you know, you, you didn't get invited to, but you're seeing it happening. I think this is like, this might be even, this is probably more painful and maybe even more common for people. W what do you do there? Have you ever thought of starting a podcast of your own? Maybe you already have one, but if you haven't, think about that. When I first started Growth Mindset University, it wasn't pretty. Had no idea what I was doing. Wasted a lot of time, money, effort, energy. And it took me years of trial and error to figure things out. I was growing as I was going, as I like to say. So why not skip the line? Jump ahead a couple of years and become a rock star podcaster right now. I have a course all about podcasting called, of course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. And people over the past year have been loving it. Ben says, I have to say that your video was easily one of the most transparent and helpful podcast walkthroughs I've seen. Picked up a lot of useful tactics, more than I originally thought I would. My friend Janiad, he said, Jordan, this course is so good. You've helped me so much in getting my podcast started, and I am eternally grateful for that. And now Janiad's been podcasting for almost a year. And he's doing it the right way. So go to jordanparis.com slash course for free access to my course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Again, that's jordanparis.com slash course to get access to the free course. And by the way, I have more free resources for podcasters, including 
a document with 12 interview tips. Visit my company website, trendup.media, instead of .com, it's .media, for access to these free resources. Again, that's trendup.media. Thank you. Intimate little get-together of like 10 to 20 people that, mm. uh, you know, you, you didn't get invited to, but you're seeing it happening. I think this is like, this might be even, this is probably more painful and maybe even more common for people. W- what do you do there? Yeah, that is much worse because you and have I, been left out. Yeah, yeah, literally. I think, first of all, you have to ask yourself, why? Like, why was I not invited to this event? This is what I do. If I'm not invited to something, number one, I decide I'm, I hate all the people and, and, I'm, <laughs> and I, they're no longer my friends. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I do get very sore about that. So I, I, I get I, you. I do too. I, yeah. I, I question, like, are they my friends? Yeah. And so what I typically mm. do is I, I will... If it's really important, so if it's not important to me, if it's something like I think about, it, I'm like, okay, I didn't get invited to your birthday brunch. Like, did I really want to go to that in the first place? Like, is that really coming from inside or outside the feelings that I'm having? So I will, I'll think about that before I have a reaction. And I would say 90% of the time, it's, I sort of think to myself, this, this really, to be honest, had I been invited, I would have felt it was a burden to go in the first place. Yeah. Like, but if it's something I really did care about, I will actually go and tell the person, like, listen, I saw uh, you did this. You know, you, it's on social media, so you know I'm going to see it. And I'm wondering, like, is there a reason why, y- you know, you didn't invite me? And usually there's that. a really dumb reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but it's good. I think it's important to, when you have feelings like this, what I've learned about all the social media and FOMO feelings is when I have a feeling that is not positive, that comes from social media, I must deal with it. Whether that means unfollowing the person, muting them, talking to them, because social media is such a, potentially it's such a negative part of our lives and we spend so much time on it, you just have to be proactive about it. Yeah. So I listened to, um, yeah, I listened to a podcast of years about about Phobo too, from maybe a, again, a couple of years ago, I think this was one of the early ones. Mm. Tell me about Phobo, the close relative of Phobo. Yeah, so I think about like FOMO is the famous twin and FOBO is like the one who is living in obscurity somewhere <laughs> in, in, in who knows what part of the world. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if before knowing you, I don't know if I heard that before. I I I may have. I like is I I think that's still widely like I think FOBO is still like widely uh, relatively widely used term still, you know, right? Yeah, I mean it, listen, it's been in like ad campaigns for uh-huh. Hotel Tonight. It was in this yeah. this company H H Greg, uh, which is now bankrupt. Yes, yes. They oh, did a really? big, yeah. They did a huge Fobo theme campaign. I actually reached out to the CMO and was like, "You do realize I invented that term, right?" So just mm. wanted to say hello, you know, not not threateningly, but just like mm. maybe we can collaborate. Um, mm. I had the FOMO there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fobo uh, got famouser, more famous, I should say. In 2018, it was in the New York Times uh, Smarter Living column. Tim Herrera wrote about it, and then he interviewed me, and I had him on my show, which is what you heard. And it, oh, yeah, that, yeah, he's he's fantastic, and uh-huh. and, he, and it's all about um, fear of a better option. Is this idea that um, when you have a decision in front of you, you're choosing between you know a bunch of things um, that they're all perfectly acceptable. That we we don't make a choice because we're hoping that we. Make, we want to make the perfect choice. And so therefore, you're sort of waiting for something better to come along that'll make it so clear that that's the best thing. And in doing so, we value option value more than actually making a decision. And so you get paralyzed. like oppor- Almost like opportunity cost mm-hmm. in a way. 
It can be on yeah. the big things in life. It could be things like, you know, I'm, you know, you're coming out of college and you're applying for jobs and you get an offer and you're an offer you should be very happy with, but then you have some, you know, some interviews that are, you, you know, you might get in a month and you, you're like, well, should I take this or not? It can be something that's like a really profound and important one. It could be like Netflix. So yeah, you know. I'm making, Oh, like when I'm selecting a, you know, a title uh, or a new show to watch, it's like, or a new docuseries. It's like, I, I think about, I, I don't want to waste like, 50 minutes on the first ep- like I want to I, I literally spend 25 minutes watching trailers to make sure I make the right decision and that I don't I, I spend 25 minutes making sure I don't waste 50 minutes yeah right Stupid. And, and how many times do you <laughs> like I do this with seamless you know I'm ordering dinner and the amount of times I, I mean it's it's ridiculous I'll go on there and I'll look at a bunch of restaurants and I'll put stuff in my yes. car and switch. And then many times I just yeah. end up cooking because I just give up. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but it's been 30 minutes. I still haven't decided. I don't care anymore. I'm just going like, to yeah. make a burger. What are some other examples? Any come to mind? Yeah. Have you ever used a dating app? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tinder. You know, Tinder. Swipe, swipe, swipe. T- Tinder, yeah. I've used that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the swipe culture of mm-hmm. all of these things. That That's that's like a very sort of common one. Mm-hmm. This has been uh, this has been really cool, almost therapeutic to talk about, you know, FOMO and, and, and FOBO with you as a as you know definitely a, a FOMO sapien. Before we wrap up, Patrick, I want to make sure again people can find you. FOMO, fear of missing out, is your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, practical decision making in a world of overwhelming choice. People can get can get that on Amazon. Again, I really don't need to say that. Uh, you know, people kind of know where to get books. Uh, FOMO Sapiens is the podcast that we've referenced several times today that I've been listening to for the past few months. Highly recommend it. HBR presents. It's a Harvard Business Review podcast. Pretty cool. But it's and, not boring, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Patrick J. McGinnis on, on Instagram. Patrick, you uh, you know, in, in listening to you for the past few months and listening to you today, uh, you're very sharp, you know, with the way the way you speak. I don't know how you uh, how you do it. I don't know if you even notice it or know what I'm talking about, but you speak, you're very sharp. You're very tight with your with your enunciation and the way you talk in general. I don't know. It's just something that as a podcaster, I, I, I noticed. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. I know yeah. I didn't notice it, but I appreciate it. Eloquent, I guess, is a good word. Patrick, has been very fun. Uh, my final question is, if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Oh, that's such a brilliant question. I think the thing that interests me the most that I do a lot of is is I travel a lot. So I've been to 103 countries and I speak nice, four languages. Nice, nice. Yeah, I speak four languages and I'm really good at popping into a country and kind of fitting in with people. So I would love mm. to teach a class about how to be a global citizen. Ah, Patrick McGinnis, you're the man. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Jordan. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.